As the daughter of an Israeli dad and American mom, my inability to comprehend what should be my native language confused me from the moment I understood that the two sides of my family spoke very differently. I would proudly boast to my friends that I hold two passports. I traveled 14 hours every summer to my second home in Israel and had all these adventures and would even one day be drafted into the IDF, though I was never actually going to go. In America, I was Israeli, but in Israel, I was American. In America, I would laugh at my mom's family with my dad as we watched them try to pronounce the Hebrew CH sounds, yet knowing I couldn't do it myself. Or how baristas would always ask where my dad was from because who had a name like Yaniv in America? In America, I cling on to my Israeli citizenship like it's my defining characteristic and I'm lost without it. But in Israel, I had to watch my family sigh as I needed a translator for almost everything and I couldn't understand anyone from my family. I would look to my dad, selfishly begging for him to translate for me. In either country, the sense of belonging amongst, that, <laughs> amongst fellow curly-haired people who grew up on Bamba Vibisli was lost, and I felt like I didn't fit in either country. I could be Israeli, but I didn't speak the language. I could be American, but I felt like I didn't look like it. Or I could be Israeli-American, but I didn't know both languages fluently, and I wasn't in Sofim. I was in BBYL, the Jewish-American version. When I was younger, I wanted to be comfortable with the label American. I wanted to have a name soft and easy. I wanted my parents to have only one name. And I understood my dad's transition from Yaniv into Johnny. I strayed far away from the highly intimidating Israeli label and the even scarier Israeli American. Because how could I be Israeli when I didn't feel that? But how could I be American when I barely had a relationship with my extended family, far from the perfect big relationship that Disney Channel taught me about? But how could I be Israeli-American when I couldn't balance either side of my identity? I don't have a perfect accent when I speak either language, and I just felt like it wasn't fast and crisp like it should be. It felt like everyone else around me was so comfortable in their identity, and I wasn't in any of my three possible answers. Living in the hippie San Francisco, I was inspired to start my own astrological chart reading business. I could proudly say with absolute confidence, I am an Aries Sun, Pisces Moon, and Libra Rising. And I can tell you anything you could ever want to know about your astrological makeup. I think I liked it so much because it gave me a solid label. I know exactly what I am, and I know exactly what it represents. However, it soon came to dominate all aspects of my persona. Before even meeting me, I was the astrology girl. And my friends would introduce me to their other friends as the person who could tell you anything about your chart. And I hated it. After around a year, I dropped astrology. It didn't fit me anymore, and I didn't like how people would ask me their chart before they would ask me their name. Astrology became so crucial to who I am, and I hated the notion of the singular part of my life was so closely tied to who I was as a whole person. And I hated this idea of a singular label. But labels aren't a horrible thing. They started out crucial to our survival as the human race. As early humans had no way of knowing what was and wasn't safe to consume, and the trial and error method gave way to either successful or sickening, incredibly fatal results. Some berries were safe to eat, and some would kill you. So we needed to keep this label of good berries and bad berries, of what would kill you and what would satisfy you. And the distinction between harmful and helpful meant the difference between life or death. Today, we're amazing at labeling, and we use these all the time. As when we're kids, we're told not to talk to strangers. Stranger dangers. Strangers are a bad berry. We don't associate with them. And as we grow older, it's very easy to keep the same mindset. So, you know, assuming the worst was key. And all these talks about stranger danger helps preserve our safety. 
Assuming the opposition, sorry, <laughs> fearing anything and fearing anyone unfamiliar or new to us, labeling them and creating a troubling is labeling them and creating a troubling and frightening era of hatred of the unfamiliar. Assuming opposition and assuming everyone else around you who doesn't think the exact same as you and is new and unfamiliar is a bad berry. Coexistence is something that is simply put absolutely crucial to our development as a community. We are a generation that is only willing to talk to those who think the same as us, sharing the same views and opinions, whether it be related to politics or fashion. But this isn't a healthy way for coexistence or dialogue between two different people and threatens democracy, which is a very, very good berry. As a teen today, I've noticed that a lot of my friends, myself definitely included, are extremely quick to label someone as bigoted and prejudiced if they venture even a step out of our own personal politics. While it's easy to jump to labels, the real world is so far from being as black and white as you make it out to be. We need to be more cautious about labeling bad berries, or you risk treating people unfairly, aggressively violating the moral principle to give everyone a fair, equal voice. We should limit jumping to conclusions about ideas of people labeling them in split seconds, because we like to think that society embraces a diversity of ideas, uh, but the, its deficit has led to horrible and fatal ramifications. It's a common misconception in that the horrors of the Holocaust occurred because of anti-Semitic ideals, the ideals of white supremacy and the hatred of the Jewish people. But the Holocaust wasn't solely caused because of these Nazi ideals, but because the counter ideas of tolerance and peace were shut down. Hitler bullied and intimidated an entire country into an aligning with his beliefs and shutting down any other idea that contradicted of his own. And because of this, a massive genocide occurred that took the lives of over six million Jews. This has much more to do with the virtues that were silenced than the hate that was uttered. We need the diversity of ideas to thrive and stay healthy or we risk losing democracy. The German people lost their ability to distinguish between good and bad berries, and they could only find nails to hit because they only had hammers in their hands. Democracy means a lot, especially in the Middle East. Fast forward today, it can be argued that Israel is the only true democracy in its area. There are many out there who are quick to jump and label me as evil solely because I identify as an Israeli. Many jump to associate Zionism with oppression and evilness and are even faster to associate those of Jewish or American descent with being Israeli and being Zionists. While I am a proud Zionist myself, this rapid fire assumption of my own personal beliefs is something that strikes me as unacceptable, though it's become the norm. Many young Jews I know aren't Zionists and they're even more disturbed by the snappy instant labeling that is forced on them just because of their religion or ethnicity. Insincere social media activism is a trend that is completely dominating Gen Z. Do you remember May 2021? There was this huge outbreak of violence between Israel and Palestine, and it was caught all over on Instagram. My friends' feeds and my own were circulating with posts posted by celebrities such as Gigi Hadid and others that were misrepresenting the conflicts, and anti-Zionist, anti-Israel, and blatantly anti-Semitic posts were being everywhere, reposted by some of my friends who just didn't know what it truly meant. Though they fell victim to the innate teenage desire to stay trendy and keep in with the crowd, the posts they proudly showcased on their Instagram stories portrayed Israelis as villains, pure evil, and they unknowingly labeled me as someone murderous and fascist, labeling the country I call home a bad berry. This one, this one widely publicized event formed their bias towards Israelis and made me fear that my peers would become those who judge me as evil just because of my nationality. We are so quick to run and label people, rushing to shove individuals into boxes. A young, Jewish, curly hair that she straightened, upper middle class, aviator nation wearing, East Coast native is what? A Jewish American princess. 
We never know what someone is fully going through and what they could be experiencing at home, whether this girl is as privileged as her stereotype proceeds her to be, and it has been ingrained in us to rapidly understand reality in a low definition. Each individual's variables are infinite, and each reality is unique and complex. This obsession with the need to simplify a person upon first meeting them may seem harmless at first, but quickly turns dangerous. Upon trying to rapidly define a person and assume their background, personality, and intentions within literal seconds, we fall into murder and even genocide. We see it with race every single day. Black people are assumed to be criminals solely based on the color of their skin, leading to tragedies such as the deaths of George Floyd and Tamir Rice. Those wearing a hijab or turban are unethically judged as terrorists and undemocratic and fall victim to hate crimes as well. And during peak COVID times, hate crimes against Asians jumped 77%, with people rushing to associate them with the disease, though they very obviously had nothing to do with the virus. When we instantly define someone, we may not realize all the negative, sometimes unintended, unintended consequences that follow. However, I'd like to second to consider another point of view in this argument. Stereotypes may be a good concept that we've invented. As without stereotypes, we wouldn't realize that each human is complex. We need this benchmark to hold ourselves accountable to, realizing that these boxes are more harmful than helpful. We are constantly improving as a, society, as a species, and that means recognizing how others are misbehaving in order to work towards positive change. Teenagers in this day and age go a little bit overboard, and we're way too quick to label good and evil, as proven earlier with the Israel-Palestine Gigi Hadid mess of 2021. Something I'm certainly guilty of as a teenager who grew up in the ultra-liberal Bay Area is rapidly and harshly judging someone's ethics based on their political identification or even assuming their affiliation based on a couple of statements I may have overheard. I'm admittedly quick to label a right-leaning person a racist simply because they venture out of my own political views and they might be quick to label me something equally as bad because of how they perceive me, a quote-unquote woke, liberal, left-leaning, Californian Bay Area native. However, this makes me a hypocrite. I am learning myself how to break free of this insanely strong push to rush the label, and I strongly suggest, that, strongly suggest that we as a generation also break the cycle. Thank you.